I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Episode 201. And yep, Donna's still sick. So this one's going to be kind of like last week where I'm the only one talking. Yeah. And I'm just a peanut gallery again. But I am getting better. Yeah, you do. I think I sound a lot better. You do sound better. You still sound terrible, but you do sound better. Yeah. Uh, and we're still recording remotely. Yes. Which is, you know, new from us. So if you don't, because, you know, not everybody listened to the Sinister Sightings. So the Sinister Sightings that just came out, we had to record remotely. And this is the first main episode we've recorded remotely. But just like last week, again, it's just going to be me. Yeah. But everyone loved that episode, so... I don't know what that says about me. No, it was just because it was different. Well, you know who appreciates our differentness? Is that a word? That's not a word. Differences? Difference? Our differentness. Like, we're different from other things. Whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, Patreoners! Thank you so much, Tia S. from California. Jamila J. from Kentucky. Bronwyn B. from Texas. Bronwyn? Yes. That's a real housewife, like an old one, remember? Yeah, spelled differently. Yeah, okay, sorry. I was like, wait, what? And Ooh. she wouldn't be Texas. You never know, okay? Mm. Kayla F. from Texas. Okay, not bad. Jen D. from Pennsylvania. Amber V. from Mississippi. Okay, local girl. Carol W. from New Hampshire. And Cassandra B. from Pennsylvania. Thank y'all so freaking much for joining Patreon and supporting us. If you want an episode shout out, you want all the bonus episodes, which apparently last episode I said you get one a month. Not right. You get one a week. If you want all that extra good good, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. So Jax, the new dog that I got in November, he's been doing this thing where in my backyard, there's like a gazebo kind of thing that was built before, like, you know, before I bought the house. It's where the grill is and, you know, all that. Well, Jax has been going under there and like digging, but I can't see him. Like, I've never seen an English bulldog squeeze into such a tiny spot. Like, if he gets stuck, we're fucked, because I don't know how I'm going to get him out. (laughs) Yeah. So, he goes in there, and he digs, and he comes out, and he's nasty, and he smells like dirt. And my sister Casey was like, he's going to dig up a dead body there. And I was like, oh, my God. What if that's why the owner built it there, was to cover up a body? Why did we never think of that? I don't know. Well, because Bo never dug. Right? But he did go around there a lot. Well, this motherfucker goes under it. And I am like, you're going to get stuck. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I don't know how I'm going to get yeah. him out. I'll have to, like, take an axe that I don't have and tear the thing up to get him out. Um. Yeah, he basically, Jax makes himself Alex Mack. And he, like, is a puddle. Yes. He, like, I'm like, do you not have bones? It's like, a no bones day. Look, I yeah. don't know how he does. Like, truly. Like, one time I was like, where is Jax? I cannot freaking find Jax. And I'm, like, walking all around. And then I just see a little leg stick out. And I was like, that damn dog. Oh, my gosh. But it never dawned on me that it could be a dead body under there. No. Is that what your story's about? A dog <laughs> digging up a dead body? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how you did it, was anyone else fooled by that? Because you were like, okay, so. And so I thought like that was going to be like your little antidote. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, so I checked and there was a time that blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Uh, You and I were recording something and I was like, oh, let me write this down so I can remember to talk about it in the beginning of the episode. And so I had it on my notes. Like with the Patreoners, and so that's what made me think of it. Okay. Because I knew I'd forget. That's funny and gross. 
Because, oh my God, what if he did bring like an arm in? I don't know. That'd be some shit. True crime yeah. podcaster finds body in her backyard. <laughs> okay. Well, on to the actual story that has nothing to do with a dog finding bones. Okay. The story that I'm doing this week has been on all the TV shows. Like, so freaking many. So some of you may have heard it before, but it was not one that I had ever seen on any of these shows. But it was on um, Dateline. It was on Forensic Files. And, well, I'm not going to tell you the other show it was on because it'll give it away. But the story is about Sherry Guest Dolly. Sherry Guest Dolly met the love of her life, who later became her husband, named Michael Dally, when they were in high school. They went to Ventura High School together, graduated in 1978, and by 1982, they were married. And they ended up having two sons together, Max and Devin. Sherry was head over freaking heels for her husband, Michael. Which also goes by the name Mike. But Michael worked at a local grocery store. And Sherry worked there too. Until she actually opened her own daycare. Where she took care of the kids inside their home. So she was like a nanny? No, 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 no. Or like a babysitter? No, no, no. The kids came to her house. Like she, her daycare. She opened a daycare. But oh. it was like within her own home. Oh, okay. So okay. like the, you come drop your kids off at her yeah, house. Yeah, okay. That's actually the type of daycare I went to. For like when I was rural little you know like an in-home setup yeah miss pat was her name oh my mom was my daycare so aka tiffany this is like nothing to do with the story but talking about like me and tiff when we were little we would walk and it's not like super far but like also you have to think i mean my legs are short anyway so little donna her legs are real short but we would walk or ride our bikes up to fred's which was like a different dollar store basically but uh that or whatever and we would just get like a dollar fingernail polish or something like that the things kids used to do because if you said hey do you want to go get one fingernail polish but you have to like walk a mile I don't even know how far that I'd be like what the fuck no like I'll get it when I go blah, blah, blah. but like that was like our outing yeah well it was because it was probably, independence yeah which we probably shouldn't have done but you know my mom was like yeah well they're good it was the 90s it's fun yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the 90s, on May 6th of 1996, Sherry's husband, Mike, calls one of the parents for some of the kids that she takes care of and was like, hey, Sherry didn't show up to pick the kids up after school, so I'm going to have to go get them. And they were like, why did Sherry not show up? Like, what like, what happened? Yeah. Where the fuck is Sherry? Mike starts calling hospitals and stuff, looking to see if he could find where Sherry is, because nobody knows. And it's 1996. There's no fucking cell phones. Right. So Mike calls the Ventura Police Department and tells them that his wife is missing. And then he calls Sherry's parents because they live about an hour and a half away. There's nobody at their house. Police are like, does she have any type of conditions that we need to know about like any reason why she would just up and vanish like she have any mental issues um like anything that we need to know and and they're like no like there's nothing like she would not have just disappeared something's going on so they start doing a little digging into like what sherry was doing that day and they said okay it's monday and after she drops the kids off at school that's when she runs her errands so she would have gone to target oh that bullseye part like the dollar mm -hmm. three dollar five dollar mm, that gets me every time it's like 
Oh, let me stop here just in, like, just first before I go get my one product that I need. And, yeah, like, $50 later, I have shit that I'm like, oh, yeah, didn't need that. Mm -hmm. Never going to use it. But it's so cute. But I will say, I got a lot of, like, uh, Christmas decorations Mm -hmm. from there. And I really did use all of those. So... Mike's sister and niece knew that she was going to Target that day, so they decided to go to Target and see if she was there. So Sherry had a big 15-passenger van because, you know, the daycare. And when they got to Target, they found her van in the parking lot. But the van was completely empty. The door was unlocked. Sherry's keys were inside. And there was a gift that she had bought for her mom on the floor. Because the very next weekend was Mother's Day. Oh, gosh. So the detectives go to Target to see, can they find anything? Like, was she followed around Target or anything like that? And they can see her in Target doing her shopping and all of that. And there was nothing out of the ordinary. They knew that she checked out and she left the store at 922 that morning. But as police are looking, they find witnesses that said that someone matching Sherry's description had been arrested in the Target parking lot. What? Yeah. And so they're like, whoa, 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 wait. They're doing their thing going, we have no record of Sherry being arrested. And the witnesses say that there was a blonde woman in an unmarked police car that showed her the badge, handcuffed her, and put her in the back of this car. Oh, my gosh. So the police are like, okay, but we have no record of this. There's no record of her getting arrested. And the more they're kind of looking into it, they're like, wait, there was just one police officer? And they were like, yeah. And they're like, no, no, that's weird. Because when we go to arrest someone, there's always two, just in case. Oh, my gosh. And she was put in the back of, like, this little till sedan. And at that time, all the unmarked cars were, like, the Crown Vicks, you know? Yeah. They weren't whatever that car was. So police, of course, know that this is something really serious. And the fact that her driver's license, like her ID, was left in the van. Like, you would take that with you. Like, if you were arresting someone, you would have all of their identification so that you can make sure that who you arrested is who you arrested, you know? Yes. But there was no signs of struggle or anything like that with her van. So she went willingly, air quotes around that, thinking that she was being arrested. Right. That's what you have to do. You know, like I wouldn't have thought anything different about Mm -hmm. that. This is reminding me of that. Uh Uh-huh. That story you did from the UK. Uh Uh-huh. I thought this was sweet. Her mom wanted her phone line open all the time so that if Sherry had, like, if she was in a place where she could call for help, she would call the number that she knew. So her mom, the very next day, had a second phone line put in her house so that everybody else could call for, like, checking in and stuff on Sherry or police calling or what have you. Or being on AOL, because I'd be like, no, I gotta get on AOL. Not in 1996. Yes, you would. You didn't in 1996. Uh, yeah. I don't. That soon? Like, 1999, 2000. 2000? That's three years before we got... Girl, girl. I got AOL. My friend, one of my friends had it in in our ninth grade year. I got it in our tenth grade year, which would be 
2000-2001. Okay, I was in middle school Okay, on AOL. Tell me you're fancy without telling me you're fancy. Uh, no, tell me that you had older siblings that, uh, hello, Lori, she went wild on AOL. Well, she met her husband. She did. She was already gone. I went and visited them when I was going it was to sixth to seventh grade. I went to California. But that was but that was AOL? Yes. Okay. Well I didn't get my you're CD like, in the mail yet by then. You're like uh, I mean yeah. I know I was sl- I was behind the A ball a little bit with that, but like I didn't know you were still in fucking diapers when you got it. <laughs> okay, so her mom had the line so she could be on AOL doing all the bad things and then would have the phone number that sherry knew open all the time so if sherry was where she could call for her mom she could get through i don't know yeah i was just like oh god that's so sweet that's smart too because i wouldn't have thought about me neither well one of the detectives that got the case his name was matt harville he actually grew up with sherry and mike like went to the same high school with them and knew them pretty well the way he kind of described Mike was he was kind of a douche in high school. Like, oh, like he thought he was like big man on campus kind of thing. Like, I'm the yeah. coolest. I'm the hottest one around and I drive a cool car. You know what I mean? Like, OK. Yeah. So the detective that knows Mike from high school kind of takes the lead as far as going to interview him because, you know, hoping that maybe he opens up a little bit or just feels a little more relaxed, you know, like, hey, we know each other. Tell us what you know kind of thing. Yeah. So the detective asks him, like, do you know what happened? And Mike's like, no, I I really have no idea where she is, what happened to her. They were like, do you know anybody who, like, doesn't like her, has a vendetta against her, like, anything? And he's like, no, everybody loves Sherry. Like, there's no one I can think of. And the detective is basically like, look, you know, when something like this happens, we start close to home and work our way out. So, you know, we're going to have to look at you first. Like, just cooperate with us. Tell us everything you know. And the detective was like, was there any issues, anything we need to know? And he was like, no, just regular husband and wife stuff. And they're like, okay, well, that's, you know, clear as mud. Right. So the detective's like, look, because we got to start in and work our way out, like, we're going to have to take, like, this deep dive into your relationship and really, like, see all the ins and outs of your lives. Like, is there anything that I need to know? And Mike says, well, I have a girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. And they're like, okay, um, like, tell us about her, like, and he says, her name is Diana, but he doesn't know her last name. And what? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know where she lives. I don't know her last name. They met on AOL. <laughs> but I can give you her phone number. Mike, the first question you ask is age, sex, location, honey. Well, I mean, he knows a location because they're having an affair. Well, true. You could be like, what's your address? So they're like, okay, so you're having this affair with this woman. You don't know where she lives or her last name. Okay, okay. So the police go back, look up this phone number and, you know, do detective shit. And they figure out where she lives. They get the address and they, well, go there. They find out that her name is Diana Hahn. They get there. They knock on the door. She didn't answer. Like, you know, that's how you knock, apparently. Uh huh. And she doesn't answer, so they call her home phone, and she answers, and they're like, um, police, like, open your fucking door. Right. So, she opens the door, 
And Diana is wearing a black negligee. Oh my god. And guess whose vehicle is in the parking lot? Mike's? Yep. The motherfucker is there. So they're like... So he did know where she lived. Exactly. So they're like, uh, Mike, come on out. And when he comes out, he's in his boxer shorts. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, I want to know where the kids are. Because, like, their mom just went missing. This isn't, like, that day. But it's, like, a day or two later from what I can gather from the story. So, it's, like, where are the kids? Are the kids with the grandparents? Like, how did you get away to go hang out with your mistress while your fucking wife is missing? Wow. Yeah. It's just like you took the very first opportunity you had to go have sex with your mistress. Yeah. And lied to the police about shit. Right. Just was like, yeah, I'm having this affair with this woman, Diana. Don't know her last name. Don't know her address. Um, And then they find you there. And then guess what? Diana works oh, with him. One. Okay. She works at the deli at the grocery store where he works. And they've worked together for a little while. Oh, so she probably knew Sherry. She did. Because Sherry <gasps> knew about the affair. What? Yeah. Could have found out. Mike didn't try to hide this relationship at all. Sherry knew all fucking about it. So much so, Mike had a pillow with Diana's face on it that stayed in their bed. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Look, if I'm going to have a threesome, it's not going to be with the fucking pillow. Yeah. What? Well, one, that's just a level of creepiness right there. Like, what? The audacity of Mike. Exactly. And Sherry had actually confronted Diana before, being like, this is my family. Like, you're not going to take them because Diana apparently wanted, well, Mike, obviously, and the kids. And Oh, my gosh. To the point, too, this is how bad it was for Sherry. On Christmas Day of 1995, Mike left with the kids and spent the rest of the day with Diana. Christmas fucking uh-uh. day. He left his wife, took his kids to his mistress's house. No, no. Is that not horrible? Okay, how is he not the one missing? Because um, if my husband did that and went to Target without me, uh-uh, done. That is ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad. Bless her heart. Like, that's a whole different level of abuse. Like, yes. that is so much emotional abuse and manipulation and just terrible behavior that she had to deal with yes also on the episode of dateline josh mankiewicz like gives zero fucks like i love him so much in this episode me too well i just love him in general because yeah but he was like when they were talking about um mike not knowing the last name or where she lives he was like oh so the ultimate like no strings attached relationship oh damn and like (laughs) Everything you'd be like, well, how'd that work out for him? Or, you know, I don't know, just the shade, yeah. the shade Josh had in this episode gave me life. Oh, damn. So when police are at Diana's house being like, you know, Mike, come out, blah, 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 put some fucking clothes on, please. Right. Diana, we have some questions for you. And Mike's like, I'll drive her to the police station. So when they got to the police station, the police separated them and they had Diana write out like everything she did the day that Sherry disappeared. And 
she really didn't have much to say that day of what she had done. She said that she was alone most of the day that she went on this bike ride. And according to her, like the bike ride that she took was nowhere near Sherry was at the Target. And she doesn't match the description of who took Sherry because, you know, it was blonde hair. They said it was a white woman with blonde hair. Well, one of the things that bonded Mike and Diana initially when they first met was that they're both half Japanese, half Caucasian. Like their dads were military men and married Japanese women. And so she is a person of color and has long, dark hair, not blonde. Right. But could be a wig. Could be. But, you know, she's never been in any trouble or anything like that. She lived with her mom you know like she just seems harmless you know some stuff said that she was a witch and how did that even come into freaking play she cast a spell on mike <laughs> i mean that's what they said in day no. one. the most exciting thing in her life is the spell she cast on mike <laughs> that, <laughs> LOL. that pussy spell <laughs> <laughs> i mean what no, a guy can do bad all by himself. Oh, I know. It was just like a, like a, I mean, yeah, that was worse than like a Carrie segue. Yeah, no, I get it. And here's the thing too, about if it was her that kidnapped Sherry, Sherry and her had had a confrontation before. Like they knew each other. They had had a face-to-face mm. meeting where Sherry was like, leave my fucking family alone. You know. True. She wouldn't have went with Right. Her. Why would she be like, oh, you work at this deli down the street. Let me go. Yeah, go ahead and arrest me. Yeah, right. She would have been like. True. Yeah. Back the fuck up because sherry didn't fucking need glasses unlike you definitely definitely i'd be like wait what? don't have my glasses thomas j can't see without his glasses well i mean i can but i mean that blue light though drying my eyes out and all kind of shit yeah if you couldn't tell we got felix gray back as a sponsor for this episode yes i'm so excited the glasses have not come in the mail yet because we ordered them like right before last week when we talked about how awesome felix gray is so they're just not quite here yet but like i'm so fucking excited to get these so they have different kinds that you can get like different styles i ordered the nash style and i got it in amethyst i am so excited to have purple glasses take that donna you are not gonna have the cutest glasses anymore so suck on that well i will suck on that because i got volta from a big head and so i mean like again they got all different sizes y'all and like me and carrie were different i can't see without prescriptions she can so there's all different things even if you need readers only like if you're like between me and carrie which she technically does need glasses but they have readers too but you can get prescriptions put on any of the styles exactly and here's the thing that i love so much about these glasses is that the lenses are clear they're not yellow the blue light protection that is what makes felix gray glasses felix gray glasses is like impregnated in the glass. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it's impregnated. Okay, you've never heard that. Well, I've heard about being impregnated. No, honey. it's like in, like infused in it. It's like impregnated in the glass. Embedded. No, impregnated is the right word, ma'am. Okay. So okay, it's I'm impregnated sorry. in the glass, and so it's clear. 
and not like yellow. Yeah, and like you can't like peel it off like you can on sunglasses. And we all know that Carrie loves to fidget, and that girl will peel anything, fingernails, anything. Yeah, so don't give me some fucking glasses to be peeling off the the blue light blocker, because then I'll just be trying to be bougie with fake glasses on. (laughs) Well, and Carrie has got another glasses, but they did have that tint. And so that's one thing she's definitely looking forward to. So she can have the really cute glasses that are purple. And they really are cute, y'all, because I was like, oh, shit, I love those. But they were medium. And again, I need the wide. Yeah, I know. There was a couple that I was like, okay, this one's medium. Oh, that one's wide. That one may be too big for my face. Like, because it tells you what they are. And it even tells you the sizes of the frames. So I was like, okay, I like this one. And like, I like totally got my measure tape out. And I was like, okay, if this is this one and this is that. And I had my little mermaid moment. This is this and that is that. Yeah. Well, also you can do a try on too. Like it's uh, right there. It's like, hey, can you let me do your camera? And it puts it on there. I was doing it on the computer, so I didn't do that. Damn, I should have done that. (laughs) Yeah, so you could be, you know, on the toilet and being like, wait, you know what? It's 2 a.m. My eyes are tired and I can't sleep. Let me go on here, see what Felix Gray has to offer. Because the blue light that we look at our phone and everything else, that can mess up our sleep patterns. Mm-hmm. So if you're like me and you TikTok your life away at night and you get that ad that's like, hey, I know it's fun to keep going, but uh, maybe you should get some shut eye. But I'm like, I can't. Uh, maybe when I get my Felix Grey glasses and I'm wearing them to bed, because you all know I do this, uh, I won't be having that problem. Right. And then your eyes won't be so tired. You won't have headaches, all the things. So if you want non-prescription or prescription glasses, check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. That's Felix Gray, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y, glasses.com slash creep, C-R-E-E-P. You're going to get free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, all the good good, felixgrayglasses.com slash creep. Be a creeper with your peepers. Ma'am, that made me giggle though. (laughs) (laughs) So while police had Diana in the interrogation room, questioning her, being like, okay, we're going to keep asking her questions, even though she doesn't really match the description, but tell us all the things. Where were you? We got to get your alibi, all the things. There was a coworker of Diana and Mike that called the detectives and was like, hey, so... After Sherry went missing, Diana came back to work, and her face was kind of red. Like, she looked like she had been in a fight, and she had some scratches on her forehead. And so, when the detective hangs up, and he's like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, uh, y'all come here. And the detectives that were interviewing her is like, what? You know, I just imagine that they're annoyed, because I would be. Like, yeah. why the fuck are you interrupting me? Yeah. <laughs> and that detective's like, bro, you saw the scratches? And they're like, what you talking about? And they're like, hey, somebody just called and said she had scratches on her face. Well, she had her hair kind of like swoopy bangs, so they couldn't Uh see her head. And they go back in, and they're like, raise your hair up. Let me see your forehead. And lo and behold, she fucking had scratches on her forehead. And so they're like, how you got those? And she's like, oh, well, okay, remember how I went on that bike ride? This black truck ran me off the road, and I crashed. I mean, convenient. Right. There's nothing else showing that she would have had a bike wreck. Like, she didn't have any scratches anywhere else. Like, on her elbows, her hands, her knees, whatever. You know, she had no scratches that you would expect someone to have having had a bike wreck. Yeah. 
But that's nothing concrete. So they had to let her leave. Right. So now Sherry's disappearance is gaining a ton of steam. Like there are so many people out there looking for her. Mike's been on the news. The kids have been on the news, like pleading, like, if you know where my mom is, Please tell us, help us find her. They're handing out flyers at the Target where she went missing. Like, even her sons are handing out the flyers. Gosh. So, detectives are like, we have nothing. Like, we know that she was fake arrested and it was a teal car. So, let's see if we can find this car. So, they start going to all the rental places in the area to see, like, hey, do you have a teal car? And did someone rent it? when sherry went missing so they find at one of the rental places at the airport that they had a teal nissan altima that had been rented out when sherry was abducted and they were like yeah actually when that car came back to us it was messed up the rearview mirror had been broken off and they're like okay so if that's the car like Uh sherry put up a fucking fight Well, the car had already been rented out again. So they were going to have to wait just like another day or two before they could finally get their hands on this car. So can you imagine being like, okay, this has to be her. You know, this is it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Oh, my God. The anticipation of it all. So they get their hands on the car and there are some blind hair strands in it. I'm like, did they even clean the car? Aren't they supposed to clean it in between people? Why is there still blonde hair? But okay. And there are blood stains under the floor mats. So the company faxed over the rental agreement. Guess who rented it? Mike. Diana. <laughs> I figured. I just had to say Mike. You just wanted me to be able to be like, <laughs> no. Yeah. I told you she could have been wearing a wig. Like, not only did the agreement, like the rental agreement, have her signature and initials all over it, the place of employment was the grocery store Vaughn's where they worked. Oh, Like, my gosh. this was not a very good cover-up of you renting this fucking car. So they basically had Diana. So they bring Diana in. They read her her Miranda rights. And she doesn't ask for an attorney. So they're like, okay, so tell us everything. You said you were on a bike. Not a very good alibi. Mike has a rock solid alibi. He was at work the whole time. People saw him. Like, they know he's not the one that kidnapped Sherry. I mean, aside from the fact that witnesses said it was a woman. But, like, he was at work. He did not do this. Doesn't mean that he wasn't privy to what was going on, though. So, the detectives tell her, like, we are searching your house. We've got the car. They're like, can we look at your purse? And she's like, was that part of the warrant? And they're like, no, but can we have it? And she's like, yeah. I don't know if that's exactly how it went down, but in my head. <laughs> so, in her purse, they find a picture. And this picture has her, Mike, and the two kids on fucking Christmas Eve, living it up like they are just one big fucking happy family. Wow. And so it's like, okay, so what was standing in her way? Sherry. Mm-hmm. Diana said that Mike had filed for divorce, but he didn't. There was no records of him actually filing for divorce. She's just trying to make herself feel better for having an affair with a married man that she knew the whole time that he was married with kids. Yeah. Now, he could have told her he filed for divorce. Oh, absolutely. Too, but also, don't believe him if he's literally cheating on his wife with you and all of this like if you don't see the copy of fucking divorce papers and everything exactly like don't believe him yeah because they can all say all fucking day they filed for divorce exactly so the police now are going 
okay, was Mike in on this? Like, did he know that you were going to do this? Like, he's setting you up really good. He's got a rock solid alibi. You're the one that's going to take the fall for this. Like, you know, they're just going on and on and on in this interrogation. And she's just not backing down. And they're like, he's using you. You're going to take the fall for this. Like, he made sure that he was set up with an alibi. You did this, so you're going to take the fall. Did he have anything to do with this? Well, while they're going through all this with her, she hears Mike's voice in the station. And she's like, is that Mike? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, can I see him? And they're like, okay, this could go like one of two ways. One, we get to record the whole thing if we let them see each other. And sometimes when you put people like that in a room together, one of them fucks up and says something they're not supposed to say. Right. So they're like, let's fucking try. Let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see. Let's see what happens. So Mike comes in and basically it was like watching a master work. How he was able to just like pull her in, focus her, and be like, you didn't do anything wrong. Don't, you know, blah, 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 mm-hmm. Focus on me. You know, I love you. Blah, 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 blah. You're not guilty. Sherry's not dead. All these things, like, you know, just, and then, like, sometimes would be whispering where they couldn't hear, and then sometimes we'd be talking loudly, being like, "We, I want them to hear what I'm saying, you know, and it was just like, she was, uh-huh. like, mesmerized by him and just, like, entranced by him. And they're like, what the fuck did we just watch? Right. And and so Mike left from there. And at first, you know, like I said, they arrested her. But the prosecutor ended up saying, like, no, we got to let her go. We don't have enough to, like, charge her and keep her. And the yeah. police were like, you know what? It's cool. We don't have a body. We really don't have any way of proving this. Like, that's fine. So, when Diana got released, it was a fucking media circus outside of there. Like, because they were like, somebody was arrested, and then somebody was released, basically, you know. Yeah. And there was a witness that basically saw everything with Diana and was like, no, 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 that is her. That is her who was in the parking lot. That is her who, air quotes around, arrested Sherry, like, this this yeah. is her. And they're like, well, why didn't Sherry recognize her? Like, if you recognize her, why didn't Sherry? Well, they ended up finding some photos of Diana. And she used to be a model. And she had learned, like, all these makeup tricks and stuff to of how to, like, change her appearance to essentially oh. disguise herself just through makeup and wigs and all of that. Well, even bigger than that, the witness worked at the shop that sold Diana a wig. Oh, shit. A blonde wig. And the hair that was found in the car was not human. Like, it like it was it was from a wig. They, I mean, they knew it was from yeah. a wig. Then, Diana's dumbass, they found the place where she had bought the handcuffs and the badge and wrote a fucking check for them. Like, a personal oh check my gosh. signed Diana Hahn. Oh, my gosh. Paper trail Literally. Days. All the all the paper trail, the the wig, the handcuffs, the rental car, like girl. Then she had also written a check at Kmart where she got the jacket, the sunglasses, and an axe. Oh, okay. I know that that Shit. took a turn. While yeah. all this was going on, people are still searching for Sherry. 
like, it's like it renews the search effort too. you know, seeing Diana be arrested and released. And it's like, it just has just with the media frenzy kind of renewed the search. They also knew that the a number of miles that were on the rental car. So they were kind of able, it was like 126 miles. So they were kind of able to get a general vicinity. So on June 1st, one of Sherry's friends, Kristen, was out looking as part of the search party. And, and she saw some sunglasses on the side of the road. And it was right beside this steep drop off. So some guys went down there into the ravine and they found a pair of black shorts. And Kristen just knew those are Sherry's shorts. And they did, in fact, find the skeletal remains of Sherry Daly. Oh, gosh. And the autopsy confirmed exactly what police thought. That she had put up one hell of a fucking fight. They think that before they were even out of the Target parking lot, Sherry realized who Diana was. And the fight ensued. And that she probably, if she was alive... Before they left the parking lot, it was barely. Gosh. I think that she was able to kind of like get her handcuffed hands like to her front. And that's how they fought. She was beaten and stabbed. There were stab marks through her clothes and on her ribs and neck. Oh, gosh. In the episode of Dateline, they talked about the emotional abuse that Mike did to Sherry. They said that at 2 o'clock in the morning, she would have to get up and warm up his shower water. No. Uh-huh. And that... 2 o'clock I know, in the I'm morning? I'm like, what time he got to be at work? But like, why right? she got to get up? Like, fuck that. Just turn the water on. You know what I do? I turn the water on while I'm brushing my teeth. I know that's a waste of water, but it makes it hot. Wow. He would tell her that she was fat and like do it in front of people oh my god he just made her feel like she was worthless and like okay so at first because they had had some problems obviously in their marriage and he had moved out with a guy from work named alex well alex was diana and she figured Uh out that diana was alex and alex didn't exist yeah but it was like six months that of him being like go into this Alex's house and all of this before she figured out that it was Diana. So then she figured out that it was like, oh, this was happening, you know, this long. He lived with Diana for five months before he moved back in with Sherry. So Sherry like lost weight, started changing the way she dressed, all the things to try to keep Mike and make him happy. Yeah. But it was like Sherry was just so beaten down by Mike that she just kept taking him back and wanted to keep her family together and definitely wanted to keep Diana from stealing her family because from everything it like there when Diana and Sherry met from all accounts Diana was like no I'm gonna take him and I'm gonna take your kids and she's like the fuck you are wow but again emotional abuse isn't proof of murder so while they had arrested Diana of Sherry's murder, they were trying to get Diana to tell them something to help them get Mike because they're like, he's involved. Like he's definitely involved. Mm -hmm. They're like, he did not help on any searches for Sherry. He didn't. Yeah. He was like just super indifferent. And they're also like, okay, but how did Diana know to go to Target right then to 
get Sherry. They're like, Mike had to have told her where Sherry was going to be. While Diana's in jail, she and Mike are writing letters. They're just the best of pen pals. And it's all like lovey-dovey, can't wait for you to come home. Oh, yes, all the fucking things. But you can even tell in those letters like how controlling he was of Diana as well. So it's like she was a little bit of a victim of his emotional abuse just like Sherry was. For sure. Just like, well, they saw that when he came in and how Mm -hmm. he dealt with her in that interrogation room. And like in the letters, it was like, don't talk, don't talk. We're going to be together. We're going to live happily ever after. Just like keep your mouth shut kind of thing. So Diana went on trial. And of course, her attorney is like, this is Mike's fault. All the things. And she was blinded by love. You're going to be like, what the fuck when I tell you this part? They said, yes, she is the one that rented the car and bought all the things. But she could not have killed Sherry because she's a vegetarian. Okay. Okay. She might not eat meat, but she's sure Uh like the bone. Yeah. Okay. Well, the part about her being a witch is important. That's why me telling you that earlier because... The prosecution did mention how she was in witchcraft and someone had said before that like a witness that Diana said that she wanted to give Mike a human sacrifice for his birthday. So that's why the witchcraft thing like came up. Yeah. I feel like if you're saying that to anyone, like I want to give him a human sacrifice. It's because that person said that they wanted a human sacrifice. I don't think any person's like, you know, what would be a great gift for someone? A human Mm -hmm. sacrifice. Oh, and it just happens to be his wife. So the jury deliberated for five days and found her guilty of premeditated murder. And she was sentenced to life without parole. So not long after that, Mike went on trial. And they're like, yep, he was a terrible husband. He's a terrible man. There's so much that we did not know about Mike's life. Really? So apparently, Mike was known on the streets. Oh, freaky deaky. He frequented, he frequented sex workers and did drugs. Okay. And the basically, the drug dealers and the sex workers hated him so much that they, like, went to police about him. Yes. Shit. Damn. They said that there was one sex worker that talked about how, after Sherry went missing, Mike, like, picked her up, took her to this location, like, overlooking a ravine and he did some cocaine and you know what you do with the sex worker and that yeah. was the spot where sherry's body was found no so it's like how would he have known how uh-huh. would he have known why would that be in all the areas why would that be the spot where he took that sex worker because wow. he fucking knew he fucking knew the audacity, the audacity. and the grossness like that he knew that's where she was and that he just like, you know, like, I feel like that's just like desecrating a corpse, even though it's not. But it's just like, are I you know. kidding me? Oh, there was another coworker of Mike's that came forward and said that before he had started dating Diana, he had tried to date her and that he had actually asked her to kill Sherry. So they're like, so she was the Diana before Diana was Diana? And it's like, "Mm, basically. Wow. And that she was able to give very specific facts about what Mike wanted done to Sherry 
that are exactly what happened. Stabbed, thrown over a cliff, so you can't find the body. All things that actually happened to Sherry. Oh my gosh. And I mean... He literally lied to police, like, about Diana and then was at her house. Like, I'm sorry, that, like, your actions are speaking very loudly that one of the first things you did was to go over to Diana's house. You never helped with the searches. All those things, like, yeah, you went and handed out some flyers at Target with your kids. Okay, that was for the fucking media. But you never actually searched Mm -hmm. for her. Long story short... He ended up being found guilty and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Since then, Diana has become disenchanted with him and does blame him for everything. She still says that she's innocent. She says that, yes, she got the car. Yes, she got all the things. But Mike came and got the car from her house and he took it with somebody else. And they're the ones that did it. They're the ones that kidnapped and killed Sherry. So she still stands by the fact that she's innocent. But she does cop to all the beginning things, just not the actual murder. Yeah. So Sherry's family says, like, look, domestic violence does not always leave bruises. And they say that they just hope that getting her story out will help save someone else who's trapped in an emotionally abusive relationship and be able to see that it is actually dangerous and that they could get help before they end up like Sherry. You know, the sad thing is that Max and Devin live with Mike's parents and have no contact with Sherry's parents. Um, The kids believe that their father is innocent. They were awarded a $6.4 million judgment against Diana. Um, But they were like, well, I don't know if they're going to get any money because she had like $200,000 in defense attorney fees. But she had a um, million dollar annuity from an injury that happened when she was in high school, like a basketball goal or something like that fell on her. And so she was getting like $1,000 a week from this annuity until she's 65. So like that could pay for her defense and some money for the kids. But they were like, you know, Mike wanted the money. You know, he wanted Sherry's life insurance. He wanted her annuity. And he wanted control and to be with who he wanted to be with. He did not want to pay for a divorce. And it's just sad that, like, the kids truly believe that he is innocent and that they don't have a relationship with Sherry's parents. Wow. The thing is, though, like, her family did nothing wrong, so they should have some relationship. But no, because they think that their father is innocent, and her family's pushing that he's guilty, so they're not going to. True. True, true, true. So, Devin was on an episode of The Murder of Sherry Daly on ID, and again, like I said, he says that he thinks that his dad's innocent, and his mom was a great mom, and he remembers his life with his parents as being happy, Max um, hasn't really, like, he doesn't really have anything online as far as, like, social media stuff, but they say he's in the security industry, whatever that means. I don't know if he's, like, security guard or something, Um, but this was also on New Detectives, and it was on Fatal Vows, so those were, that's why I didn't tell you what that one was called, but, you know, I think the big takeaway here is that, again, abuse is abuse, and you are never safe when you're in an abusive relationship, just because they don't hit you, you're still being abused. And we just want everyone safe. And like Sherry's family said, just because the the abuse doesn't leave bruises doesn't mean it's not abuse. There's emotional abuse, financial abuse. I mean, 
Mike was a classic narcissist that tried to run everyone's lives. And it was like, he was like, what? I can't help that these two women are fighting over me. I didn't do anything. You know, it's just like gross. But I don't know. I just, the biggest point is that poor Sherry and those poor kids. And Sherry was doing everything that she could to keep her marriage together. And she was living miserably just to save this marriage where she knew he was having affairs. There was a fucking pillow in their bed for God's sakes. Like the stuff that she had to deal with and do. And she was basically like his servant at home going Mm -hmm. and getting him things and doing things for him and all of that. And it's like, I don't know. It just breaks my heart. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. So please reach out for help. If you even just remotely feel like you're in an abusive relationship, there are so many different resources in communities and online for you to get help. Wow. And fuck Mike and fuck Diana. Oh, yes. and then Diana did have a um uh try to appeal and said like they shouldn't have brought up like the witchcraft stuff and they were like, No, you did it. Bye. And then um Yeah. And then Mike tried to get um clemency and they were like no. So they're both still in prison. Good. Wow. Well, I really like this uh story just because it was twist mm-hmm. and turns, you know? And also like so that story, the UK story that I mentioned, that was one you did for Patreon, I believe. Um, but it plays on that big fear of, of course, at first, if she doesn't recognize who that person is and they're saying they're a cop and they have like a badge and it's fucking daylight and stuff, um, you're going to go. Like, because we are taught to do like oh it's a cop I have to go with them and I have to do this like that plays on that fear of what if it's right. not a cop what if they have ill intentions and it's like uh case in point this is two that you've covered that right. have been like that well and that goes for anything like if somebody's like coming and knocking on your door I mean like help they're after me well is that a trap or is somebody really after them we don't know thank you every scary yeah. movie ever that's what's made us like this I know I know. I guess just try to trust your gut that if if it doesn't feel right, it's not right, you know? But sometimes that's just a gas bubble for me. (laughs) For me, it's just anxiety. (laughs) Right. No. Nothing feels right for me. Like, everything is doomsday for me. So, welcome to a life of anxiety. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, hopefully I will be back full force and we'll have a regular episode regular sinister sightings but i will say thank y'all all all for the well wishes and checking in on me and thank you carrie for holding it down being the voice of the podcast for like two weeks everybody's like god can we please get donna back what thank y'all so much for all of your love and support and patience while we navigate through covid um that you know the world's been doing for two years but it finally hit us. We knew it was coming. One of us was eventually going to get it. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yes. But thank y'all so much for all of your patience and understanding. We love y'all. And remember. Creep it real. And don't get scared.